First, hold your place there at Psalm 19 and go to Job chapter 24. Just going to read a verse there. Job chapter 24. And he talks a whole series of things here, but he says, all of these people, they're out of the way of God. He says, verse 13, they are of those that rebel against the light. They know not the ways thereof, nor abide in the paths thereof. Against the light. Rebellion against the light. Now read Psalm 19. The heavens declare the glory of God. And the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech and night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line is gone out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them hath he set a tabernacle for the sun, which is as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, and rejoiceth as a strong man to run a race. His going forth is from the end of the heaven, and his circuit unto the ends of it. And there is nothing hid from the heat thereof. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. And commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. Who can understand his errors? Cleanse thou me from secret faults. Keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me, then shall I be upright. And I shall be innocent from the great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. May the Lord add his blessings to the reading of his word. Job talked about those who rebelled against the light. The light is that knowledge that we have from God. And there is light from God in this universe, and there always has been. And presumptuous sins are those sins that we commit, knowing full well we're committing them. Now all of that to say this, I'm going to make a comparison of what happened in the Garden of Eden to one of the most serious, if not the most serious crime that a human being can commit. As a matter of fact, it is, as we speak, still a death penalty crime. Anybody know what it is? Mutiny. Anybody hear the word mutiny? You kids, you ever hear the word mutiny? You know what it is. All right. There haven't been a whole lot of mutinies, but there have been some. And of course, the most famous mutiny in our history was the mutiny on the bounty. The mutiny against the HMS Bounty, a British ship there from the crown of England, and the mutineers, led by Fletcher Christian, 
And Captain William Bly was the captain of the ship. And Fletcher Christian led a mutiny against William Bly and those that remained loyal to him. And they actually put them out in a rowboat. And somehow they made it back to England. And Fletcher Christian and he has kept the bounty. And they sailed. Anybody know where, where they sailed to? Pitcairn Island. Now, I haven't seen it, but I've been right back. When we were on our way steaming to Australia, we passed real close to it. And those are, I mean, remote South Pacific Islands. If you look at a map of the Pacific Ocean, you look down, about halfway down uh, the coast, the west coast of South America, and go straight across, and there's Australia, and about halfway between is Pitcairn, and right there a little bit south of there is the island of Tahiti, and there are many more islands as we pass by them, we were informed that some of those islands contain cannibals. Anyway, we were on our way to, to Australia. Took a long time to get there. Let me tell you, that's a big ocean. There's a lot of water there. Now, we had, we had uh, uh, four screws, huge propellers. One of them couldn't fit in this floor in here. Gigantic things. And we were, we were powered by 12 boilers. Had uh, three for each screw. And I don't ever remember that we ever had all the boilers on, the, on line at the same time. We didn't need them. And we, we traveled many times at battle speed, which is full speed ahead. We had a lot of power. It still took us a long time to get to Australia. And what about in a sailing ship uh, like the Bounty was? Or what about in a whaleboat, rowboat? It's a mighty scary place. You know, have you ever sailed, anybody ever, I know David has, on a sailboat. You know the thing you got to do with the sailboat? You, you got to keep the sail full of air. When you see that sail flopping in the breeze, you ain't going no place. So that's why you have to tack. You may be going that way. You may have to go all the way over that way to pick up any air. And then you've got to sail all around to get, you better know where you're going. <laughs> That's the way it is on a sailboat. Well, big sailboat or little sailboat, still sailboat. And when those, when those sails are unfurled, uh, you're sitting still on the ocean. And it's hot. And you can get in a lot of trouble. You can die right there. Anyway, so it's a scary thing. But, my point is that they didn't like what the captain was doing. But they were bound to obey the captain. But they mutinied. Now, mutiny is a conscious act or a willful refusal to obey constituted authority well I just kind of think this is just perfect to apply it to the Garden of Eden a willful refusal to obey constituted authority now listen to this this is according to U.S. Code 894, Article 94, on mutiny or sedition. A person who is found guilty 
of attempted mutiny, mutiny, sedition, or failure to suppress or report a mutiny or sedition shall be punished by death or such other punishment as a court-martial may direct. Sedition is the act of encouraging rebellion against the government. Now, if you read in the Gospel of Luke and also in Acts, you find that, that uh, Barabbas was guilty of sedition. And you find in Acts 24 that they tried to accuse, they did accuse the Apostle Paul of sedition, but he wasn't guilty of it. He was innocent of it. But we're talking about mutiny and sedition, and they are absolute serious offenses. Now, as it turns out, the uh, captain, Captain William Bly of the HMS Bounty, he and the, I don't remember how many there were, 14 or something like that, that they all, they made it back to England. And of course, as soon as they got back there, they pressed charges against uh, Fletcher Christian and all of those that mutinied with him, mutineered again with, with him. And they sent ships out to find them, and they found some of them in Tahiti. They never did find Fletcher Christian and his because they went to Pitcairn Island and they hid there. Matter of fact, there are some of those descendants of those, those people, about 55, I think, that still live on the island of Pitcairn. So, I mean, this is all according to history. It's, 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 it's real. But now, I don't know, I forgot how many, but several of those that they captured on the island of Tahiti, they were taken back to England and they faced charges, and quite a few of them were hanged by the neck. So they weren't playing around. Uh, there was a movie, The Kane Mutiny, and I think it was based on a World War II uh, destroyer. And, and there was a mutiny there. I don't know uh, the, the results of that one. But mutiny and sedition are very, very serious charges. I don't see how you can get much more serious in, in the charges against some, place, some people. But anyway... We look back at the Garden of Eden, and what I read in Psalm 19, see I read, I read Job 24, there they would rebel against the light. Was Adam ignorant of God's command? I've heard some theorize that Eve was. Don't hardly think so. Don't hardly think so. I don't think either one of them were ignorant of God's commands. When God said, Thou may, of every tree of the garden, you may eat, except for the tree in the midst of the garden. For in the day that you eat thereof, thou shalt surely die. Now I realize that, that Eve was created after Adam was. They didn't have to learn how to speak, folks. When they talk about how man, man uh, learned language, no, they didn't, you dummies. How are you going to figure out a language and figure out how to write it? Oh, if you've got one, you may branch off and get you another one. I'm talking about from the get-go. They did not have to learn language. God spoke to them and they understood God and they spoke. And I believe one of the main things that Adam said to his wife Eve after he said, wow. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he, there he had the best looking woman in the world. Did he not? He had the only woman in the world. But 
I think he told Eve, we can eat everything except that one tree and it's going to be dangerous if we, bad if we eat of that tree. But the Bible says that Eve was deceived in the transgression. How did she get deceived? She shouldn't have, she should have known better. I also should have known that a snake doesn't talk. But there's a snake talking. Something's out of whack here. I got a snake talking to me. Well, she should have known better. But she got deceived. Anybody can get deceived, but that woman got deceived. Did Adam get deceived? No, he did not. His eyes were wide open. He just followed his wife rather than him and assisting his wife follow him. So she was out of place and he followed her out of place. Now that's all about all I know about that. I can't break down the psychology of it and all that. But I know that Adam was not deceived. He was in the transgression. But by knowing, how could he justify what he did? He couldn't. So he willfully, presumptuously, willfully rebelled against the light. So, what about others? Numbers talks about that sinning with a high hand. Uh, sinning against conscience. Yes, we all have a conscience. Every human being has got a right mind, is born with a conscience. Even, even those not quite right still have a conscience of right and wrong. That is not an invaluable guide. That is a guide that can let you down but at once it is a guide to what's right and wrong. You know. You don't have to tell a kid that that kid has lied to you. That kid knows it's lied to you. Have you ever told a lie purposely and not known that you told a lie? Anybody? We've got a conscience. Now, you can sear that conscience. With a hot iron, as Paul said. That is, you can go against it like people. Uh, I've seen some of these uh, interviews with these uh, mass murderers. And they'll say the first one was kind of rough. But now the second one wasn't nearly as rough. And then the third one, I couldn't wait to do it. So what they've done as they've seared their conscience with a hot iron. And I hear everybody talk about it. Well, this is on my mind right here. I hear people talking about, oh, well, that murderer, oh, he doesn't show any remorse. What in the world are they talking about? Remorse? Why would you care what they show? What you want to know is, did they cold-blooded murder another human being? It doesn't matter why they did it. If they did it and it wasn't self-defense or in defense of your country or your home, it's, it's wanton murder. There's nothing else to find out. They should die the death. Whoso sheddeth man's blood, by man shall his blood be shed. The first law given to this world after the flood. Genesis 9, 6. Read it. It had nothing to do with the Jews. Amen. There weren't any Jews then. Amen. It was a thousand years before Moses ever brought the Ten Commandments down. And all the Ten Commandments didn't do away with capital punishment. It just enforced it. But capital punishment was already in force when Noah and his family left the ark. Anyway, Remorse? You mean if somebody shows remorse, you're not going to execute them like you should? Then they talk about how much trouble they have with the electric chair. 
Wonder how much trouble they had murdering the woman, raping and murdering the woman that they just raped and murdered or anybody else or beat them to death. Who cares? I tell you, a rope is the easiest way. Happy Chandler said that. You know, the last man to be hung or hanged as execution for state was in Owensboro, Kentucky. And Happy Chandler was the governor. That's the last one to ever be hanged. How much does a rope cost? But now they've got all these things about they can't suffer any pain. Really? Where does God say anything about that? Or they're too young. What if an eight-year-old shoots you? You're as dead as as an 80-year-old shot you. Murder is murder. God didn't say anything about that. But they all think they know more than God, and they're going to find out probably real soon that they're not smarter than God. They're not smarter than anybody. Anyway, presumptuous sinners, sinners against conscience, against light, against knowledge. Do you know that's the cause of most mental illness? People sinning against what they know to be right. Well, I'm not a psychiatrist, but I do know what the Bible teaches. Sinning against conscience. It's a cause of much physical illness. It's a cause of many church troubles. Home troubles. And it certainly is a cause of eternal damnation. Somebody says, I didn't know. You weren't going to see stand before God and say, Oh, I didn't know, God. Well, you're not going to talk to God like that, but you may think you're going to say that. I just didn't know. I read Psalm 19 for a reason. To let you know, look back here at Psalm 19. The heavens, now if you're not blind, you can see the heavens. And they declare the glory of God. The firmament showeth his handiwork. That's where the planets and space is. Day unto day uttereth speech. Meaning, when it's daytime, you can see it. From day unto day. And night unto night showeth knowledge. You can't escape the knowledge of God. Now listen to this. There is no speech, no language where their voice is not heard. So, well, maybe people in that country don't know. That's what he said. There is no language or no speech where their language is not heard. What language? The language of the heavens and the firmament and the creation of God. They speak by night and by day. Every night, every day. They're lying. Well... Now you youngsters don't know this. But there was a time when the old timers would talk about give me a line of talk. Anybody ever hear Mississippi Blue Odler Jimmy Rogers? He's one actually. They call him the father of country music. These things about all around the water tank, waiting on a train, trying to ride a train, Depression era, you know, trying to get a ride on a train. My dad did it one time, called it riding the rods. That wasn't in a car, that was underneath the car. Where you could get away from those bulls, the cops. But he said he walked up to the brakeman and he gave him a line of talk. <laughs> That's an old word. 
But here the King James translators give it to us. Their line is gone out on, through all the earth and their words to the end of the world. That is, that line of talk that the heavens and the earth and everything in them, that line of talk which they speak, they go out into all the world to the ends of the earth. There is no language that they're not heard. Now that gets, that gets all them folks back in the jungles. Because they sit so probably better than you can. In them hath he set a tent, a tabernacle for the sun. Which is as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber. And rejoiceth as a strong man to run a race. And that tells about what you see in the sky. His going forth is from the end of the heaven. And his circuit unto the ends of it. Now. The, the Webb and Hubble telescopes have not got us to the end of heaven yet. God knows where it is. <laughs> he made it. And there is nothing hid from the heat thereof. Well, he goes on. There is no language on earth. That has not heard what the creation of God speaks. So, give you a little outline here. We have the witness of nature. Not mother nature. There is no such thing as mother nature. Read our Declaration of Independence. And it says, nature about our rights and nature's God. That's this one. Amen. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Amen. Our declaration of independence. Well, our first witness, read Romans 1. My nature, what we just read in Psalm 19. There is the witness of God. You cannot, unless you don't have a, a rational mind, you cannot claim ignorance. So all of your sinning is presumptuous rebellion against the light. Mutineer. Secondly, in Romans, the second chapter, the witness of conscience. God has written it on our consciences. Why do you think that in every culture, now I'm not an anthropologist, but those people have to admit, when they go back into the jungles and they find a civilization, or not civilization, but an ethnic group of people that have never been exposed to us, Never been exposed to the Bible. And yet when they find out how to communicate with them. Do you know what they find out about those people? They have either a written or a spoken code of ethics. They have a law. I don't have time to get into all this. But the so called code of Hammurabi. Back before the time of Abraham, they found a, a black obelisk. It's a, probably made out of obsidian, a volcanic rock, and carved on it with the cuneiform writings. When they figured it out, they figured that Hammurabi, Hammurabi, he was probably Amraphel in the book of Genesis. But he had a code of ethics. And many of them Closely proximated the Ten Commandments. Or proximated. They were very close to the Ten Commandments. So you know what the liberals do? Ah, oh, well that must be where the Bible got it. Abraham stole it from Hammurabi. Now you dogs. God told me to be aware of you. 
No, Hammurabi didn't get it from Abraham. And Moses sure didn't get it from Hammurabi. Where did Hammurabi get it? He got it right here. Read Romans 2 and find out for when the Gentiles did by nature the things contained in the law, they became a law unto themselves. All civilizations and all groups have some kind of a code, a moral code, things that are right and wrong. Now, if, if we just developed from pond scum, which is what Dr. Hall Jaws at UK and all of these other so-called higher institutions of learning, their lower institutions of, of rebellion, They say everything's just random. There wasn't a designer. It just randomly happened. Then how can they explain the existence of moral consciousness with all humanity? How'd that come about? They can't tell you that. They're going to... What they're going to do is just tell you how stupid you are for even talking like that. Not how stupid they are for trying to convince us that there is no God. The fool that said in his heart, there is no God. That's what God said. Anyway, so you've got the testimony of nature, the testimony of conscience. Look at Romans 7 and you've got the testimony of of the law. The law does exist. Now I know. You got Baptist preachers to tell you get rid of the law. But they're just deceivers. At the great white throne judgment. I guarantee you. That one of the books that will be open there. Is the book of the law of God. That is God's absolute standard of righteousness for all time and all eternity and all humanity. And fourthly, you read John, I don't know how many places to read, Romans 10. There is a testimony of Christ. And when he says, Acts 17, Paul preaching. And in the Gospel of John, Jesus said. There was a time that God winked at or overlooked. But not now. He says there is no excuse. For Jesus Christ has come into the world and testified of God, His righteousness. And when He went to the cross of Calvary, this thing was not done in a corner. The whole world has heard about Jesus Christ dying on the cross and then you've got people like Campbellites and, and so-called Christian scientists who are neither Christian nor scientists. They say, oh, well, he really wasn't dying. Or he wasn't dying to pay for all of the sins of all of his people. He just died to help it along. You've got to do the rest of it by being baptized. Or you got to hold out faithful to the end. Like you tell me Elder Ward saying, most of these people don't need to be singing. Jesus paid it all. They need to be paying, singing, he paid some of it. <laughs> but we don't believe he paid some of it. 
We believe he paid it all. The Bible teaches that. Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. So there are all kinds of, of witnesses to the truth of God. So nobody's going to be able to stand before God and say, Oh, I was I, I didn't know, Lord. I just didn't know. Well, we got other things to think about. How are you guilty of the sin of presumption? Rebelling against the light. Well, when a man or any man, any woman, lives in total neglect and duty. Look at Ecclesiastes 12. Ecclesiastes, the 12th chapter, verse 13. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Uh, I would think you would be wrong. Say, well, let's go back and pick up some more of it. No, not on this issue. Couldn't be any plainer. This would be the conclusion of the whole matter. There's nothing left to say after this. This is it. Fear God and keep His commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Now what man? Every last one of them. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. Now what? So well, back in the 60s, all of the hippies were trying to find their purpose for existence. That's actually what started the, the uh, drug culture. LSD. And all of that. They were taking LSD drugs so they could go on a trip. And in that trip, they're going to try to find their reason for existence. And some of them went on those trips and never came back from them. I mean, they blew their whole minds. And they're still doing that with all these other drugs now. Oh, I see a flower. There's God. That's how they taught flower children. Remember, that's what they were called. Looking for their purpose of existence. I just read it to you. This is the conclusion of the whole matter. There's nothing else to search out. I don't care how smart you think you are. God says it's the conclusion of the whole matter. To fear God and keep His commandments. Now i got a question to ask you. Everyone hearing this, including me, have you done it? Have you done what God said your purpose for existence is? Have you feared God your whole life and kept His commandments your whole life? Anybody want to raise their hand? I certainly don't. Good thing you didn't because I'm going to call you a liar. No, I wasn't, but you know you would be. Now, when a man a human being lives in total neglect and of his duties. He's sinning with a high hand. All of the evidence is here. All of the witnesses are here. 
I just gave you the four of them. Nature, conscience, law, and Jesus Christ. Amen. Now we're coming to a time that they're all going to say, we got to celebrate Jesus' birthday. But do you celebrate Jesus Christ, who is the second person of the triune Godhead, who came to earth, gave up everything, that he might judge sin in his own body, earn perfect righteousness, and go to the death of the cross. Yeah, he came to this world as a baby. God doesn't tell us to worship his infancy. Sure, he came in this world as an infant. Because he came in as a man. He's why he's called himself 80 some odd times. The son of man. There was a reason for that. He's the God man. As much God as he is man. As much man as he is God. And it was as the man Christ Jesus. That he obeyed the law every jot and tittle. It was as the man Christ Jesus. He, he prayed unto God the father in the garden of Gethsemane. Father, if there be any other way, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. He told his apostles, he said, I have a cup to drink of that you don't know of. And that's that cup of the wrath of God he was going to drink of all of it. Including the dregs of it. If you're not saved... Let me tell you where you're at, where you are. You know what a helm is? A ship's steering wheel. And this is a mutinous ship set on a course for hell, and you're driving it. I don't think I'm exaggerating. You're guilty of presumptuous sin or, or sins and sinning against the light, rebelling against the light. When you live in the same sins, you condemn others. Look at Romans 2 real quick. Verse 1. Therefore thou art inexcusable, O man, whosoever thou art. Everybody, I'm a whosoever will. How about that, whosoever? That judges for wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest or judgest thyself, for thou that judgest doest the same things. But we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth. Against them which commit such things. We're not judges. God's word is a judge. No, I don't like thieves. I don't like liars. John 8, Jesus said that the Father of murderers is Satan himself. Amen? Amen? But he also, in the same text, he said that the father of liars is Satan. We've got him in the White House. Old Slow Joe, he's out now campaigning. And he says the, the border between Mexico and the United States is closed. It's never been as wide open. That's a bald-faced lie. 
And not only him, but that woman up there. And all the rest of them. Ball-faced lying. And people are still saying they approve of him. Why? Because they approve of Satan. Because they're still in rebellion against God. And it's even getting worse. You accuse others of hypocrisy. How much hypocrisy are you guilty of? Accuse them of breaking vows, breaking promises. You ever see somebody come before the church and say, Oh, I want to get my life restored to the Lord. And the next service they ain't here. You know, they ought to be careful about that. I'm not saying they're lost, but they sure could be. See, when you, when you continue after warnings, Luke 16, real quick, I... And this is the historical account of Lazarus and the rich man. You Jehovah's false witnesses, you need to hear that. This is the historical account of Lazarus and the rich man. Anybody says it's not, they don't know what they're talking about or they're deceivers. And Jesus, all red letters, what Jesus said. Verse 23, the rich man in hell, he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. This is not a lie. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water. And cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. And Abraham said, Son, remember that in thy lifetime, or in thy lifetime, receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And beside all this, beside between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from here to you cannot. Neither can they pass to us that would come from thence or from there. Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou would send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren that he may testify unto them, lest they also come unto this place of torment. Now, now consider this a warning. Don't know how you could get more of a warning, but verse 29 Abraham saith unto him, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. Now, do you have Moses and the prophets? Yes, you've got Moses and the prophets, plus you've got Jesus and the apostles. Amen. You've got far more than they had in that day. But now, in verse 30, he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto them, If they hear not Moses and the prophets. You see, the Old Testament is, is sufficient enough to warn you Neither will they be persuaded though one rose from the dead. And in case anybody hasn't heard, I know they all celebrate rabbits and eggs and I've never eaten a rabbit egg, have you? They celebrate all that around April something and say 
they're celebrating the resurrection of Christ. But are they really? See, Paul said, I, said I'm praying that, that I'll be able to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. He hadn't got done learning the resurrection yet. And I don't think we have either. So, when you get warned, you've been told that you're bound on a course to hell. See, now I, I resent these preachers that have no idea what they're talking about, and they use all of these little euphemisms and little phrases that absolutely are heretical. If you don't quit this, you're going to go to hell. Oh, what heresy! My Bible says that if you're not in Christ by faith right now, the wrath of God abides on your head, not the love of God. And they all round the church bulletins. Out front of the churches. Smile. God loves you. Look on the back of the ark of Noah. Do you see a, a bumper sticker back there saying, Smile. God loves you. Go on. Drive your ship. That's all right. Drive's okay. Paul said we let her drive. <laughs> That's all right. That's a legitimate nautical term there, driving that ship. Get on that helm. Yeah. And continue on. Plunging right on your course to hell. Full light of knowledge. Particularly being warned of God's judgment. And yet you sail on. Well, you ain't going to sail off the end of the earth because it ain't flat. It's round. Isaiah said he sitteth upon the circle of the earth. So did Job. Old timers talk about sailing off the edge of it. You can't do that. It's round. I know I've been there. I sailed for long ways and we never... We never sailed over the edge. Looked like just as much water everywhere. I've been from Siberia. Well, we could see Siberia from the deck of our ship. All the way down below Sydney, Australia. That's a long ways there, buddy. And we're going down this way. <laughs> so nobody can track you. That's how they travel. Anyway. They that go down to the sea in ships, they see the power of God. Anyway, you are committing presumptuous sin, rebelling against the light when you sin under affliction. Real quick, Revelation 9. Won't have much time on this, but Revelation 9. Verse 20. And the rest of the men which were not killed by those pl these plagues yet repented not of the works of their hands that they should not worship devils or demons and idols of gold and silver and brass and stone and of wood which neither can see nor hear nor walk. Neither repented they of their murders nor of their sorceries, nor of their fornication, nor of their thefts. When you sin under affliction, real quick, Second Chronicles 28. Second Chronicles 28.
and would help me to get in Second Chronicles. I'm in First Chronicles. Bear with me. I won't have time. This is Ahaz, king Judah. At the time that Assyria took the northern kingdom captive. Verse 21, Ahaz took away a portion out of the house of the Lord. And out of the house of the king and of the princes and gave it unto the king of Assyria. But he helped him not. Trying to bribe the king of Assyria. And in the time of his distress did he trespass yet more against the Lord. This is that king Ahaz. When the time is, he ought to have been getting straightened out before the Lord. He did sin more against God. Can anybody say that they don't know anybody that would do that? We hear about people having all kinds of problems. And our hearts, we can be merciful to them. But I have never seen a drought, a hurricane, tornadoes, earthquake, tsunami, plagues lead to a massive turning to the Lord in the spirit and in the truth. Have you ever? I believe we've had lots of alleged natural disasters that should have turned many to the Lord. You may see one or two individuals here or there, but you ain't seen, oh, we have a, a drought and the food's drying up Cattle are dying. And everybody will join hands and let's pray for rain. And it don't matter who you pray to, just pray to something for rain. That's what they do. But when the rain comes, you don't ever see them. Oh, Lord, if you'll get me over this. I've, had, I've gone to jails. And even gotten a couple of them out. One particular fellow, he wasn't in there for nothing bad. But his family needed him bad. A bunch of kids. And I got him out of the jail at Madison County. I used to go there about every week. So they knew me. I've got several out of jail to do something with them. Right, anyway. Oh, he was the best friend I ever had. When I walked in that jail, that big cage went up about three or four floors, women on the top. I could preach to all of them up and down because it was open all up and down. When he came out from there and saw who it was, oh, preacher, I'm so happy to see you. You get me out of here and I you won't ever open your doors that I ain't the first one there. And I got him out. Brought him back over here. Ain't never seen him since. Oh, that's exactly what the Ahaz did. That's exactly what they're doing in Revelation 9. You read the book of Amos. God said he gave them cleanness of teeth. That wasn't I pan a toothpaste. I don't know whether they still make that or not. Colgate or palm olive or whatever. He gave them cleanness of teeth because they didn't have nothing to chew up in their teeth. You didn't have to pick them. There wasn't nothing in them. He gave them famine. And God expected that to turn them back to him. And it did not. 
it ended up in their destruction. Anyway, when you sin under affliction and continue on, when God reveals, reveals himself in sickness and calamities and yet you still do not turn, you can say, oh, why will you die? Christians having been delivered from the ship of mutiny and yet sometimes I see them trying to get back on board. They come to church for a while and the next thing you know, they're right back in that world that they allegedly say they got saved out of. Well, Christians living in neglect of your duty, the Bible says you are not your own. You're bought with a price. Judging others for the same sins you're living in. All of those things, when you heed not warnings, Hebrews 10, God says, Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. Oh, well, if I have a little problem economically, I'm not coming to church because, you see, I've got all my important things to do with my gas. I won't be coming to church. You think that doesn't happen? It's going on right now. Or I've married me a wife. When you sin under affliction, you're living exactly what he says. Rebelling against the light. Mutineer. And you may think it's not going to come to an end and come to judgment. But I guarantee, according to the word of God, it will.